When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mojang continues to transform the world beneath the surface of Minecraft. But are they adding too much or not enough? Let's find out in this episode of Dig Straight Down. What is going on, crafters? Welcome to another episode of Dig Straight Down with me, your host, Rebel JC, recorded on Sunday. March 28th, 2021. Welcome back to the show. Sorry about um, the hiccup last week. So, if you didn't know, if you didn't listen to the little announcement that I posted last week, basically what had happened was I recorded this episode, my mic wasn't working, it wasn't plugged in, I'm not sure what had happened there, but it sounded like trash. (laughs) So I decided to give it another week, come back to this episode, try to do it again, um, and get it right this time. So yeah, um, this is sort of, this is a little bit off schedule. Um, usually I don't post every, uh, every week, but, um, so you get an episode this Monday and next Monday, just so I can catch up with where I am supposed to be on my schedule. So let's start off with a listener email. And this comes from Zachariah. Hi Rebel, Zachariah here. I think you should be able to find small cabins in the new mountains. The cabin would have a bed, a furnace, a crafting table, and a mining table. The mining table would have no use but serve as a workbench for the prospector. The prospector trades emerald, iron, and coal ore for pickaxes. I think there should also be a goat pen behind the cabin. P.S. My name is pronounced Zachariah, not Zachariah. I think I did get that wrong last time. My apologies, Zachariah. Thank you for sending me an email and for the little correction there. Um, yeah, I would love to see. I would absolutely adore some small cabins in the new mountains they would fit in so well um one of the things that at the beginning of this uh at the beginning of all of the the news coming out about the new update and everything and and we kind of discovered that there would be new generation happening that would improve the way mountains were generated like there was a little bit of a a struggle within myself kind of because I was thinking like it would be really really cool to see new structures appearing on these mountains but at the same time my mind couldn't comprehend what exactly was going to happen with the mountains how big they were going to be so I was afraid that any any structure generating on a mountain would be too big (laughs) would be too much of a it would almost be like jutting out of the mountain in a very, very distracting sort of way that would detract from the mountain itself. Um, But that was back when I I had no idea, had no idea how huge these mountains were going to be. 
And now that we know, now that we have seen just the magnitude of how these mountains are going to generate in these worlds, man, absolutely. I think you could have a whole castle up there and it be dwarfed still by the mountains. So small cabins would actually fit very well in the new mountain generation. They would not be uh, obtrusive in any way. They would not be distracting from the mountain itself. It would be perfect, I honestly think, and especially since mountains are going to be a little bit dangerous. They're going to be inhospitable to the player. Um, it would be really cool if there was some sort of structure that would give you some sort of shelter if you were caught on a mountain a bit unprepared and the sun starts setting and you don't have the the materials necessary to build a shelter really quickly it'd be really cool to come across a small cabin like that i do think a prospector villager would be interesting i don't know how well that would fit into the world of minecraft but it would be interesting um, although i would like to be able to get more from the prospector than pickaxes i think maybe if the prospector traded maybe even a rare diamond trade or gold, things that are not so common in the mountains. I think that that would be pretty cool, even if it's like a, uh, a food source, because the food sources are sparse on mountains, um, other than, I would say, uh, berries and rabbits. And as so far, I don't think that we can actually kill goats to eat them. I don't think that they drop any sort of meat. They probably will, but we'll see. I don't know. Um, that that is to rem That remains to be seen. And I also think a goat pen would be really cool. It would have to be a very, very tall fence <laughs> because those goats can jump. Let me tell you, they, they, they can jump. So awesome idea, Zachariah. Thank you for writing in. And guys, I want to say if you have any ideas um, that... Uh, even if they don't have anything to do with a challenge that I give out on the show or any question that I have, if you just have any idea of things that you would like to see added to the game, uh, write to me and tell me what they are, and I would love to hear about it. And I'll read it out on the show, and I'll tell you my thoughts. Yeah, I would love to see some more, um, some more emails from you guys talking about what you would like to see in the game. Um, now, before we get into the Dragon's Egg Challenge, there is something I want to say. In the next season of Dig Straight Down, so I'm going to be taking a break in June, um, a month-long break uh, starting in June, um, and when I come back, it will be, I would say, season, season four of Dig Straight Down, and each season I've kind of changed it up a little bit, I've kind of adjusted things to fit the way I feel the show should uh, unfold, Um the, the, the last big change was actually the introduction of the Dragon's Egg Challenge. So in Season 4, things are going to be a bit different with the Dragon's Egg Challenge. I'm going to incorporate more of the uh, the podcast website, um, which I believe... Uh, there will be a link in the show notes, and I believe it's just um, digstraightdown.wordpress.com. Uh, um, and instead of reading out each team's ideas on the program each episode. I think what I'm going to do instead in Season 4 is simply post those ideas um, sort of like as a blog post on the website and then simply announce the winner 
in the Dragon's Egg Challenge um, segment of the show. Just because I think right now, Dragon's Egg Challenge is kind of dominating uh, each episode, and I would like to give more time to discussions and, and discussion topics. Um, I am enjoying the Dragon's Egg Challenge, and I'm so happy that so many of the listeners, especially people on the Discord, are really, really enjoying the Dragon's Egg Challenge. And I don't want to take that away ever. I want that to be a, a cornerstone of the show. But it will be, it will take up less time each episode if I just put the ideas on a blog post on the website rather than reading them out loud. It'll also be easier on me because some of these ideas are very long and very hard to read. <laughs> um, but that won't happen until after June. So uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think, if there's any changes that you would like to see. Um, and I will, I would appreciate that feedback. That would be great. So uh, let's dig into the Dragon's Egg Challenge of this episode. The Dragon's Egg Challenge is an event where three teams of listeners compete in creative challenges to win the Dragon's Egg Trophy. Now, last episode, I gave the challenge to imagine a new biome for the end dimension. So let's start with Team Ironlock. What did Team Ironlock come up with? Well, they have two ideas. The first idea comes from Ironlock members Thunder, Omni, and John, son of Donut. And they write, An Ender Spire Biome, a place in the end containing a singular spire constructed by old weathered stone from a long time past, as well as unusual stony blocks that look remarkably similar to the color of your ender chest back home. This old spire is surrounded by a soil uncannily darker than the pale ground you're used to seeing in the end. Occasional twig-like plants are seen scattered about this dark soil that only look alive because of the ender eyes that appear to be growing from these twigs. Within the tall tower, you're sure to encounter endermen in groups, but if you make it to the top of an ender spire, legend says you'll encounter a distant relative of the guardians, the oracle. Sporting one enormous ender eye in the middle of its spherical body and eight tentacles with, e with each its own eye, the oracle sees all. Upon defeat, the oracle awards its victor with one of the unique oracle eyes. An oracle eye, when left in the player's hotbar, illuminates brighter in intensity as enemy mobs get closer and closer. Combining it with a map shows the location of nearby mobs. If, in, if used to enhance a sword, for instance... The sword will behave just as the eye did in the player's hotbar. Now that gives me some very Lord of the Rings vibes right there. It's sort of like Sting glowing brighter as orcs are near. Um, cool idea. Um, so another idea from Ironlock. This is from Zachariah, member of Ironlock. And they write, The Void Jungle is the new biome for the end. The new block is Prism Ore. Prism Ore is mined with a diamond pickaxe or higher. It drops one prism when mined. Prisms look like diamonds but have a rainbow texture. Prism Ore is about as common as iron in the overworld. You can craft prisms into armor and tools just like any other ore. If your prism, armor, or tool falls into the void, it will teleport back to you. Prisms can also be used for powering beacons. 
The new mob is the Soul Guardian. It spawns in destroyed end ships, which are new structures that have one chest and only spawn in the void jungle, but they have no elytra or brewing stand. The Soul Guardian is a hostile mob. The Soul Guardian has 30 hearts, and his attacks deal 7 hearts of damage. When defeated, it drops the new item called the Soul Switcher. The Soul Switcher allows you to switch between different mobs, but you need a soul and you must have killed the mob in question. Souls can be obtained by killing Soul Keepers. Soul Keepers are found sometimes in end cities. Soul Keepers have 10 hearts, but they deal 5 hearts of damage. The Void Jungle also has a new wood called Indes, which is which has a purple hue. Indes can be crafted into stripped wood, planks, buttons, doors, trap doors, slabs, stairs, fence, fence gates, boats, and pressure plates. So, some great ideas there. For originality, I give these ideas a 4 out of 5. And for attention to detail, also a 4 out of 5. For how well they fit into Minecraft, I'm going to give them a 5 out of 5. I think these are very Minecrafty ideas. And this gives them an overall score of 13. So 13 points to House Ironlock. Moving on to Arcalore, this comes in from Arcalore member MC Bluefire. And they write, This end biome will be made up of large islands split by crags of various sizes and shapes. Some of the crags would reach all the way to the bottom of the island with smooth, sheer walls, while others would be more like small canyons, thinning out at the bottom. What most of this biome has to offer would be in these crags, and also within small, small tunnels connecting them. Alien plants similar in style to coral fans would grow from the dry, cracked endstone, and strange nests would mar the smooth, orangish cragstone. These nests would be home to the scourlings, dangerous crab-like creatures that prowl the walls of the crags for food. They would be mostly pale orange with a few vague pur purple spots on their back, and they would be very, very territorial to the point of being hostile to anyone near their nests. Killing could rarely yield a scourling claw, but much more efficient progress will be made by breeding them and claiming their shedded claws in a similar way to turtles and their scoot. These claws will be made into a scouring glove, which could be used to catch yourself on a wall mid-fall by pressing shift as long as it's in your offhand. That's a cool idea. I like this scouring claw. That's a uh, good, uh, the scouring glove rather, that's a good item um, idea, especially and that would come in handy, I think, especially in the nether. And the next, there uh the next Ironlock idea comes in from Ironlock members Kepler Corvus, Cobstar, and Sniper Panda 22. And they write, Deep in the purple trees of the Endermite forest, a new biome for the End Dimension, Endermites lurk in the shadows of the tall purple trees. As you walk through the corrupted-looking forest, you can find the Acid Rivers, purple water that, when you get too close, gives you a temporary poison effect. The water from this river can be scooped up in a glass bottle, making a po potion of poison, which you can then turn into a splash bottle of poison. Along the banks of the Acid Rivers, you can also find end coal, which can be made into end torches, end lanterns, and end campfires, which set all hostile mobs on fire at a five-block radius. That sounds very powerful. The new mob in the Endermite Forest is a corrupted Enderman, a new boss that can only be summoned in the Endermite Forest. To summon it, a player needs to make a T-shape using obsidian and place a dragon head in the center. To complete it, a player must create an Ender Fire Charge with one Ender Coal and one Iron Nugget. This can be used to make Endfire. 
On the two sides next to the dragon head, the player must ignite the two obsidian blocks with an enderfire charge. This summons in the corrupted enderman. This hostile creature has the appearance of enderman, except the color of an endermite, and it has black, dark eyes. It has 100 hearts of health and deals 5 hearts of damage. It can also summon in endermites at its wish. Oh gosh, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> Upon death, the corrupted enderman will drop the eternal enderpearl. An enderpearl that has a durability. It can be enchanted with mending or unbreaking, or unbreaking, but otherwise has 255 uses. The texture of the eternal enderpearl is an enderpearl, but purple. Whew, that had a lot in it. Uh, a lot of really great ideas there. The, the the Corrupted Enderman sounds like a terrible, terrible thing to fight. But I do like the Eternal Enderpearl. That sounds like an awesome idea. For originality, I give these ideas a 4 out of 5. For attention to detail, also a 4 out of 5. And for how well it fits into Minecraft, I give it a 4 out of 5. And this gives Ironlock an overall score of 12 points. On to Nightbane, they only have one idea, and it comes in from Firestar, Miss Bean, and Battleted77. And they write, a barren, rocky wasteland. There would be mountains of endstone with this new, crystallized ore mixed in. The Enderman forced a creature called a miner to mine out these crystallized ores, and the Enderman placed them and hoarded them in tall, thin spires. These would be considered a Minecraft structure, and the ore is used to make a bunch of cool blocks as well as be the base for colored lighting. I would love colored lighting, so yes, points for that idea. Hidden deep beneath the spires, you can find a buried landmark, which the Endermen buried in case they would ever have to leave. This would always have a special chorus fruit variant used to take a miner to the overworld. The miner would take a pile of endstone and find the crystals inside renewably, though it would be a lot slower than if the end ores are there, it's just to make it renewable. The miners were created when a shulker left the end city. They wanted to escape being trapped by the magic of it, but instead ended up being tracked by the Enderman's magic. So there's a little bit of lore there. When they left, they started needing food, so they tried a chorus fruit, but it transformed them into the miners and made them trapped by the Enderman until a player comes along to free them. Cool, so I wonder if we could uh, feed a one of these special uh, chorus fruit things to a shulker to turn them into a miner. Interesting. For originality, I give this idea a 4 out of 5. For attention to detail, I give it a 5 out of 5. And for how well it fits into Minecraft, I give it a 3 out of 5. And so they have an overall score of 12. And that means the winner for this challenge is Ironlock. And so as the triumphant music begins to fade in, I will read the names of the team Ironlock. Obni, Hinbonk, Incredimike, Catcraft 507, Jackie Boy, Lightning 7210, Zachariah, John Son of Donut, and Bluefire. And as the triumphant music fades away, for the next challenge, I want you to update the dungeon structure. This is the structure that you find when you mine sometimes underground, and it's just basically a cubic box of cobblestone. You don't have to change the loot or the monsters. Just turn it from a cubic cobblestone room into a more 
interesting structure. Remember, the simplest idea is often the best idea, and you should be able to communicate your whole idea in 10 sentences or less. The ideas will be judged on originality, attention to detail, and how well it fits into the world of Minecraft. Each team can put forward more than one idea, but don't be shy to disagree with each other and come up with your own answers. However, I would really love to see the team members working together, and whoever has the best idea will win the dragon's egg, and we'll have a full team member shout-out in the next episode. And if you want to take part in this challenge, you can either join a team on the Discord server, or you can email me with your ideas and tell me which team you would like to be on. The deadline for the ideas is April 7th, which is a Wednesday. Now let's dig into the main discussion of this episode. But first, here's a word from High Hopes about his own podcast. Check it out. Hi, do you have issues knowing what's going on and keeping up with Bedrock and wondering what's going on with Java versus Bedrock? Or maybe you just have a hard time whenever you to look, us, look something up, you find a thousand different creators have made a video on a topic, but not all of them are equally good. Maybe you don't know what communities you should be hanging out in, what discords are there to help you learn about the technical side. The Beacon is here to be your guiding light to all of these questions and more. I'm High Hopes, host of The Beacon. Come say hi. So first, I want to really quick talk about the two snapshots <laughs> that uh, came out since the last actual episode. Um, well, first one is the is Minecraft snapshot 20w10a, and this snapshot introduced the Lush Caves underground biome, which you could only experience if you loaded it in a single biome world, which I did, and let me tell you, the Lush Caves biome is awesome. <laughs> it is so beautiful. It has such a... I want to say it's like a fairy feeling to it. It's very... Um, like a hidden world feeling to it. Because it's it's relatively safe. I mean, you, you, you know how like the warped forest in the nether is relatively safe compared to the rest of the biomes in the nether? Um, because, I mean, most of the mobs in the warped forest are endermen and you can easily avoid contact with them but the, the the lush caves feel the same way because they have their own lighting and mobs really don't spawn as much in the lush caves because of this lighting so when you're mining and when you're you know going through your adventures throughout the caves of minecraft the lush caves are going to be really a sanctuary so this this snapshot you know, we, we, we in this snapshot, we saw moss, which covers the floor and the ceilings. We saw spore blossoms that are these flowers that drip particles. Very beautiful, very atmospheric. There were the drip leaf plants, azalea bushes with a flowering variant. There were the azalea trees, which I have thoughts on. <laughs> and there were the glowberries and the cave vines. And those really are the star of the show, as far as I'm concerned. The glowberries are just add so much beauty and and, and, and atmosphere to these caves. But a real, a real quick note on the azalea tree. Right now, as far as, you know, as of this recording anyway, there is no azalea wood. There is no azalea log variant. So when you find an azalea tree, it's going to be oak logs with azalea leaves. Now, I don't think that there's any reason to believe that that is the way it's going to be. It doesn't, there's nothing in Minecraft that, you know, 
that can, I'm trying to think of how to put this. Like there's, there's no other tree in Minecraft that is made up of two different kinds of trees. You know what I mean? Like when you go to, when you go to get an acacia tree, it's not like acacia wood with jungle leaves. Or when you go to a jungle, go get a jungle tree, it's not spruce logs with oak leaves and they call it a jungle tree. So the azalea trees having oak logs and azalea leaves, that's inconsistent with Minecraft's uh, design. So I fully believe that we will have an actual azalea log an azalea wood type and I'm very excited about that I love when they add new wood types um, I predict that it's going to be a very floral looking wood so probably a pinkish or maybe even slightly purple hue I'm gonna imagine it's gonna be very light although it would be really cool if there was like a like a dark red um, that was more like um, the inside of a cedar tree or a pine tree, you know that there's like that dark red or dark pink um, core inside of some evergreen trees. It would be really cool to see if the azalea tree would be like that. If you have any ideas of what the azalea tree would should look like, uh, send me a message and let me know. So those are my thoughts on that. I'm not, I'm not going to go into much detail on the snapshot itself. I'm just going to get kind of breeze over them a little bit. The next one is Minecraft Snapshot 21W11A. And this introduces some new functionality to copper. Um, some pretty interesting stuff. So if you were worried about controlling the oxidization levels of your copper blocks, this is the snapshot that answers your questions and concerns. So you're able to obviously wax a copper block when it reaches the oxidization level that you desire and that keeps it there but if you change your mind and you want to age it further you're able to scrape the wax off with an axe i do believe that you're able to scrape off oxidization with an axe although i can't remember if it takes it all the way back to the beginning of the oxidization phase or if it takes it back to the most recent step i'm not sure on that but that they are offering you more ways to control the way that your copper blocks oxidize. Um, they also give a very interesting use to the, the um, lightning rod in this process as well. So if you have a lightning rod on um, a, a platform of copper blocks that have been oxidized and lightning strikes it, then the copper blocks that are around that lightning rod will be cleaned by the lightning and go back to being regular copper blocks. Very interesting. I do believe that that happens in real life when lightning strikes copper or when electricity goes through copper. I think that it cleans it or, or removes oxidization. A very cool way of introducing something that happens in the natural world that is also pretty useful for the player. Um, my only thing about that is I don't think it's going to be something that is going to be widely used as much as the scraping it off with an axe. I think that lightning happens so rarely and thunderstorms happen so rarely in a Minecraft world, at least in my experience anyway, that this would be just a really unpractical way of controlling the oxidization levels of a copper block. Um, but if you disagree with me, let me know. I would love to see... 
I mean, I would love to see somebody come up with a really, really cool redstone contraption involving lightning strikes and um, and all of that. Uh, that would be pretty crazy. Um, but if you have any ideas of how that could be tweaked or changed, or if you just really love this change, let me know, and I would love to hear your thoughts. So that's that snapshot. Um, it had a few other changes, but there's a lot of other places that you can go to learn about these nitty-gritty d details of, of snapshots. So there's a couple of other things that I wanted to hit on um, in this discussion, and I, and I want your opinion. So for both of these uh, little tangents I'm about to go on, I want to hear your thoughts. So you can write me an email at digstraightdowncast at gmail.com or uh, hit me up on Twitter as well. Um, the first thing I want to bring up for a discussion is this question. Is Minecraft a minimalist game? or a maximalist game. And here's what I mean by that. There seems to be two schools of thought out there in the player community when it comes to adding new features. One way of thinking is, if the feature is unnecessary, it should not be added. Or, the other way of thinking is, Mo Mojang should go crazy and add all the new features. <laughs> so... That's the question. Is Minecraft minimalist, meaning they want to add only what is necessary? Or is it maximalist, meaning everything is on the table? Um, my thoughts, my personal thoughts on this. I think Minecraft is a maximalist game, meaning that everything is on the table. However, it has limits. Um, the first and... And most obvious limit is that the actual way that the game works. So there are there are things that are just not possible to be added into the game. And um, I think right now one of the things, at least for Java Edition, is dynamic lighting. And as much as I would love to see dy dynamic lighting, because I want to just hold a tor torch in my hand and walk through caves and have it lit up around me um, instead of placing it. But I don't think that that is they are able to actually put that into Java Edition at this time, at least. So there, there are there are actual physical limitations to what they can do uh, in Minecraft. Not that they wouldn't do that if they could. It's just that they can't. Um, another limit is that there are things that they have just outright said is against their intentions for the game. So they don't want to add, um, one thing is, I, I know a lot of people wanted to see them add things like sharks and alligators uh, to the game, and, I, and they came back and said, basically, they don't want to add real-life animals to the game that the player has to kill in order to survive. Um, and I know that a lot of people are like, well, what about you know cows and sheep and pigs, and don't we have to kill them to survive? Well, no, you don't have to kill them to survive. You could be a vegetarian if you wanted to and, and survive just fine. It's just an option out there. But what they want to avoid is there being a creature that is based on an actual living, real-life creature that actively tries to attack you in the game so that you have to then kill that creature. They want to avoid that conflict and I, and I think that's a good move on their part um they they don't want to encourage the player to go after you know go shark hunting or 
alligator hunting or anything like that. Another thing is they won't add things like guns, and I think obviously that's an obvious reason why they wouldn't do that. Um, and things like I think like diseases and stuff they, that's against their 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 policies. There are some things that they're just sort of ethically against adding to the game, and and some things that are also kind of weird. They're not going to let you marry the villagers and have children with the villagers um I, I i've heard them talking about that or, or it was in a post or something that's that that's just weird and they don't want to go down that road so leave that to the modders <laughs> um so there that that's one limitation it's just things that they are just kind of ethically against adding to the game and i and i applaud applaud them for for standing their ground on that um another one is just um how Minecraft is intended to be played. And if you want a really good discussion on intended gameplay versus emergent gameplay, um, I encourage you to go listen to um, the last episode of the Spawn Chunks. Now, this episode right here is coming out on Monday, and they release an episode also on Monday. So when you're listening to this episode of Dig Straight Down, I'm talking about two episodes ago. Uh, for the spawn chunks. Um, and uh, Pixel Rifts brought up a really good discussion on emergent gameplay versus intended gameplay. Intended gameplay being this is the way that the creators of the game you know, intended for the player to go about playing the game, whereas emergent gameplay is the things that the player base just sort of discovered and did on its own. So things like villager farms and iron farms and um, you know, things like that that were not necessarily intended for you to do as part of Minecraft gameplay, but that the players sort of dis discovered that you could do and it was very useful. So th th that's a whole other topic. Um, but the, the, the limitation that I'm talking about here is that uh, there, are certain, there are certain ways that we're supposed to play the game. Uh, and one of those ways is that this is a block-by-block block game. They're not going to allow you to mine four or five blocks at a time with one swing of your pickaxe. Um, even when you're insta-mining, that's not happening. You are still doing it one block at a time. Um, they're not going to allow you to reach 20 blocks ahead of you, um, you know, just in vanilla gameplay. They're not going to allow you to, in survival, you know, do, you know, stuff that you would be able to do only in creative. Like, there are limits on how you are able to play the game or the way that the game is supposed to be played. So there are those limitations. And I think within in those limitations, there are things that they are not going to add in the game. However, I don't think that one of those limitations are the inventory space that a player has. And this is something that's brought up a lot when people object to new items or new gear or new fill-in-the-blank. Uh, the objection is that they simply don't want to have to carry the thing, um, be it a uh, spyglass. When the spyglass was added, that was something that a lot of people said. It was like, well, I don't want a new another tool to carry around. I don't believe that's something that Mojang has in mind for a limitation is that oh the players don't want that they, they just don't want to carry something so we won't add it um obviously that's not because we have a lot of gear in the game and if you were to carry it all you would really not have a lot of space um but that that just becomes another challenge in the game that you have to figure out yourself and figure out okay which gear do you want to take for what task 
Um, so I don't believe that there's any limitation on the kind of gear or, or adding new items to the game in that regard. I don't think that that's a limitation at all. So I could totally see them adding new weapons to the game. There, there's really no reason why they wouldn't. Um, I think that they might want to one day. Um, who knows when the when the combat update comes out, if it's just going to be tweaking the weapons that we already have, or if it's going to be adding weapons. I would like to see new weapons, honestly. Um, my favorite part of playing Minecraft is the survival part, is the fighting part, and the exploration part. So I would love to see new weapons, new gear, all of that. And I don't think that um, there's any reason why they wouldn't add stuff like that, as long as it's obviously not guns, or it doesn't break you know, intended gameplay, you know, design. So those are my personal thoughts. I do Basically, I believe that Minecraft is a maximalist game. Everything's on the table, except it has limits on that. So let me know what you guys think. Do you think that Minecraft is a minimalist game where they only want to add things that are necessary for gameplay? Or do, they, do you think that they should just go wild and add whatever they want to? And, you know, if we don't want to use that as players, we just simply don't don't use it. <laughs> um, so I want to hear what you guys think. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is the idea of progression paths. Um, and the potential there uh, in the game for a completely new progression path. Now when I say progression path, here's what I mean. It's what happens when you watch a speedrunner, basically. You see them spawn into the world, they go get wood, they go get supplies, they go to the nether, they get blaze rods, they get ender pearls, they put this together, they find the stronghold, they go into the stronghold, they activate the portal, they go in, they kill the dragon. That's the progression path of Minecraft. That is the the path of to get to, I guess, what you would consider the end of the game, from beginning to end. It, that is the story of Minecraft, is getting supplies all the way to killing the ender dragon. Now, obviously, it's a sandbox game. You can do whatever you want. You can do that however you want. You can fill in the, you know, in-between times doing whatever you want. There's a lot to do in the game. But that is kind of the core path of progression. I do want to talk about there. there's a lot of potential for new progression paths in Minecraft. Um, so basically, what I'm thinking is eventually after they i would say after they update the end dimension for the final time and they flesh it out like they fleshed out the nether dimension um i think that we could absolutely see one or two new dimensions added with a new quote unquote final boss <laughs> um that would be a completely new path to take so that you could you could actually finish Minecraft without ever going to the nether or ever going to the end. You would instead go to New Dimension A to get supplies. That allows you to get into New Dimension B to kill the next big, big bad guy. Um, and there's so many, there's a lot of new potential there for updates. And I do believe because Mojang... Mojang really does intend on adding updates to Minecraft indefinitely. As long as they have ideas, they're going to update it. Um, I think that we're going to see new dimensions. I think we're going to see new to bosses, new, <laughs> new to bosses, new bosses. And this could completely 
change the way speedruns look. So you have more than one type of speedrun. You have the speedruns that, you know, we've all seen many, many times where the Ender Dragon is the, the goal. You fight the Ender Dragon, you're done. But you could see, see new speedruns where, you know, it's a completely new direction in the game. And I think that that's probably the future of Minecraft. Like, what would Minecraft look like in the future? I'm probably going to do a lot of episodes on new progression paths um, and some ideas of what that could look like. If it's something completely different, if it has nothing to do with killing a boss at the end, um, we'll see. I want to hear your thoughts. What would you like to see in a new progression path in Minecraft that has nothing to do with going to the nether or going to the end? What would you like to see? What would be your way what what would be your dream progression path in minecraft if you could add it what would it be so uh that brings us to the end of this episode please email me with questions or comments and for and to answer any of those questions that i asked you uh you can email me at digstraightdowncast at gmail.com please also join the discord the link is in the show notes there's a lot of great conversations that are happening it's gotten a lot more active and there's a lot more people involved there so please join the party we're waiting for you you can also connect with me on twitter at rebeljc underscore 92 and if you're feeling particularly generous today you can drop by apple podcasts and leave me a review on this podcast and as always guys until next episode keep digging straight down